0: Sealing God's people with your host Dennis Beard. Last of the last days. What shall befall thy people in the latter days, and of course in the time of the end? All of this will be made known because when the earth, when the Lord invades the earth with his troops, all will know him from the least to the greatest. When we find first that Gad a troop will overcome him at the first, but then Gad. That is, the body of Christ will overcome at the last. So it's a time of faith and uh, patience. It says in the book of Revelation, here's the patience and faith of the saints. We see in Revelation 13 that the Antichrist has given power over the saints that can to literally prevail against the saints of God, those that are sanctified for 42 months. Time times a half, three and a half years, a thousand two hundred and three score days. Now, it casts truth to the ground. It does not destroy the truth, but it casts truth to the ground. It's a time of trouble. It's a time of great tribulation. There we have many that believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, that in Revelation 4.1, that there is a pre-tribulation rapture, and it has nothing to do with the church or the sealing of Revelation 7. But we find in Revelation 4, there's not a rapture because when we closely examine it, it says that there was a door open in heaven there to John and that voice of a trumpet talking with him. That's the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's not a cornet, a flute or harp, a sack vault, or dulcimer. It's a trumpet. A trumpet is a clarion, shrill, piercing uh, trumpet voice that pierces the spirit of man. A cornet or a flute, a harp, sack, bolt, siltry, dulcimer will not do that. It will charm the snakes, the serpents, as well as uh, anyone listening to it, but it will not pierce the spirit of man. It will not pierce the heart. So it brings no convicting power. So as we take a look at Daniel, which we need to know, which gives us insight into the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave to him, of what will befall the people of God in the last days, these days, in the book of Daniel, we find that it's the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, his very name means may Nebo protect the crown." nebo his first the false god and nebuchadnezzar the king of babylon in a natural Shinar, plains of dura babylon but we also have in revelation the spiritual babylon mr babylon the great to mother farless and abomination to the earth we're going to see that as in the natural there will be truths that we'll see in the spiritual And it's in that third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, that the king of Judah, the Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came and besieged it. Now the Lord gave Jehoiakim into Nebuchadnezzar's hand with part of the vessels of the house carried away to Babylon. Now we're going to see that the king will take the four, Daniel, Ananiah, Michelle, and Azariah for his own kingdom. These children that are well favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge, understanding of science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, whom they might teach the, the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Now it's noteworthy that Abraham, Abram, Father of height came out of Ur of the land of the Chaldees, soothsayers, prognosticators. Ur is light, and the Chaldeans, Babylonians. And the name Abram, father of height, was changed to Abraham with an H, a ha. When that H put in there, which is the fifth letter of the ABC area of the Hebrew, is the Spirit of God. That makes a difference. And Abram becomes Abraham. Sarai becomes Sarah. This is simply because of the Spirit of God. And the name denotes the character and the essence of the being of the person. So we see Daniel, Dan, Judge, L the Judge of God. We're all going to see there that Hananiah is to reign, to ascend the throne. Michelle, who is or what God is. And then Azariah, Jehovah has helped or assisted. They're going to have their names changed and they're going to be told that they will carry a Babylonian name given to them by Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. That is Daniel will become Belteshazzar. Lord of the straightened treasure. Not straight as in a straight line, but straight as in a narrow way, as the straight of Magellum, a very narrow path. Lord of the narrow treasure, straightened treasure. Then Hananiah will be called Shadrach. In the Babylonian Chaldean language means royal or the great scribe. Then we have Michelle which will be Meshach, changed again to the Babylonian Chaldean name, which is guest of a king. And then Azariah, Abednego, servant of Nebo. So there is a propensity to change the character of these men because they're now in captivity. Now, we can also see the analogy that in the New Testament, we're to eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. And that is the blood in the New Testament given for you. That is the truth of the word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the king is going to require that these four men that are counted worthy to come into the king's palace Having knowledge, wisdom, understanding, science, etc., that they will have the king's meat. They will feed upon the Chaldean uh, menu, if you will, and that is the meat of the king, the king's meat, and the wine, the Babylon. But we find that Daniel is going to stay stay close and true to his character. He's not going to change his belief. His faith is going to stay in God. So we have Melzer, which is the butler or the Babylonian officer for Nebuchadnezzar, tells him that you, Daniel, and your three friends, In the Babylonian tongue Shadrach Meshach and Abednego you're gonna eat the king's meat and you're gonna drink the wine but then Daniel says that no let us just have pulse and try us and after after that you see that we will be fatter and our presence will be of a good countenance before the king then that even though we don't drink the king's wine or eat the king's meat. Well, the prince of the eunuchs, Melzar said this may cost me my head. Because if I don't obey the king, then I will lose my head. He'll kill me. Then Daniel comes back and says to Melzar, prove us for 10 days. Now we're going to see an analogy all the way through Daniel into the seasons of God, 10 days of the 10 days of all. Anytime we see 10, they, we have 10 digits on our hands ten fingers, 10 toes. The digits on our hands is the work we do for God. The 10 toes are the walk that we have in God. It's our responsibility. The Decalogue is 10 commandments. That is our responsibility. The burden is on us, the body of Christ. Jesus has already paid the price for all things, all things in truth. We're complete in him and have need of nothing else, but the burdens on us. Any man says the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord will be cut off for the burden is on us, the body of Christ. We are to stand in faith in the testimony of Jesus. If we deny him, he'll deny us. But if we confess him before men, he will confess us before the Father. That is a reward for simply obedience to his commandments. We are servants to righteousness now. Whosoever we yield our members of servants to obey him are the servants to whom we obey, whether of sin and death, still missing the mark, even though we have the Holy Ghost, or of obedience unto righteousness which will yield the peaceful fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So Daniel sets an example. He says, prove us for 10 days. Well, we see the same in Smyrna. Jesus tells the church there in tribulation and poverty, though you're rich in faith, Satan is going to throw some of you in prison for 10 days. Be you faithful unto death, I'll give you a crown of life. The same that Daniel says, Prove us in 10 days, and you will see that the Lord will bless us, staying faithful to Him. And Melzer believes and uh, uh, gives the uh, the request to Daniel not to eat the king's meat or drink the king's wine. They, all that Daniel and his companions will eat is pulse, vegetables. Now, we're going to go into the secret. We know the names that of Daniel, Ananiah, Michelle, and Azariah are going to stay true to their names and essence and character in the testimony, the testimony they will give for the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And we're going to see then chapter 2 in that second year in the reign of Nebuchadnezzar that he dreamed a dream now it's important to know that God has given this dream to the nations, the kings of the nations. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, at this time, Babylon will be that head of gold and reign over the whole earth. But God doesn't give the dream to Daniel or, uh, or to Hananiah uh, Hanan the Mishael, or Azariah. He gives it to the king, Nebuchadnezzar to the point that the first one he calls in is not Daniel or his three companions the first one he calls in of course is the soothsayers astrologers the prognosticators the Chaldeans and they simply said tell us the dream king and we'll give you the interpretation well of course we know that that the biblical Uh, account is that Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar could not remember his dream. He couldn't recall it. Therefore, he gives a rash command and says, you will give me the dream. Tell me what my dream was, even though I can't recollect what it is. I have no memory of it and the interpretation thereof. Then I'll know that you're telling me the truth. Well, All of the astrologers, soothsayers, prognosticators, magicians, all the sorcerers, saying no king has ever asked this of any of his uh, uh, assistants or helps or sorcerers or magicians in the kingdom. It's never been asked before. said, only the gods in heaven can do that. Then he makes a decree, either you give me. Nebuchadnezzar states, either you give me the dream along with the interpretation that I had, even though I can't recall it, or I will cut you to pieces and I will throw your house to the dunghill. Now that is a very rash command. Well, when Ariok comes in and Ariok, a Babylonian name again, means lion-like, and he comes in to get uh, Daniel uh, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, Shadrach, Mishael, and Abednego, and uh, say, We're going, you're going to be killed. And Daniel asks, well, why, why the haste? And he tells him, well, because the king had a dream, and if they're not able to tell it, that he's going to kill all the magicians, sorcerers, soothsayers, all the wise men, because they cannot bring the dream, along with the interpretation, to him. So it was a very profound dream. It shook Nebuchadnezzar to his very bones. And he had to have a burning desire to find what this meant, what this dream meant. Well, Daniel says, uh, uh, begs time to go to the God of heaven, our Lord Jesus Christ, and ask for mercy to give this secret to him, not for any of his righteousness, or his holiness but for, for the king that he may know what would befall the people in the latter days now God gives it to Daniel and Daniel said not for any of my righteousness or uh, holiness but God's revealing secrets now the key word there is secret when we see the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ every mystery in the word of God is in Christ Every mystery, it goes into the revelation of Christ in a height, depth, length, and width. It's all in him. And we see that in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. To this full assurance of the understanding of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in him are hid. God hides all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But the world can't get it they just don't get it they don't have uh, the spiritual insight and connection to god in truth the real god the real jesus and because of that they fail they have no connection but daniel seeking god notice that he says daniel went to his house made the thing known to Hananiah, michelle and azariah his companions the body of christ coming together And it's also important to notice that when Jesus went upon the Mount of Transfiguration, he took with him three also, Peter, James, and John. Daniel has three going to God with him. He has uh, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, and Jesus had Peter, James, and John upon a mountain apart. Three is always the number of resurrection. I will raise you up. God said, and you will live in my sight. It's a proceeding word of God in Revelation. Now, with that said, there's going to be a secret reveal. All of this is in Christ because in Christ, in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, not just some, all treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ. And those that are in Christ will know these deep and secret things of God. In the last days, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. Notice the things are the things of faith. Faith is a substance of things, far the evidence of things not seen. The faith that was once delivered to the saints is revealed in the things of faith, which is a proceeding word of God. So you'll see it's a progression in Revelation. For example, Noah was perfect in his generation. Well, then his generation means that in obedience to God, do that obedience is righteousness. It's counted for righteousness. Well, simply because he believes God in obedience prepares an ark to the saving of his soul. Noah was, he found grace in the sight of the Lord because grace reigns through righteousness and righteousness requires obedience. And then we see that in Romans 6, that whosoever we yield our members of service, obey him as servants to whom we obey. And that is of obedience unto righteousness. Well, Noah was obedient. And because of that, because he's obedient to the present truth, he was perfect in his generation. We see the same thing with Abram turned to be Abraham and the covenant given to him and believing that he would have a seed from Sarah even had passed her age to have a child. But he didn't waver in faith. He believed. Same way with Uh, Job was perfect in his generation. He was a man that feared God and shoot evil and was perfect in all his ways simply because at that present truth, he obeyed God to the present light that was given him. We, the body of Christ, must walk in the light as he's in the light. And the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. It's progressive. And we must be in that light that is currently shining in the proceeding word of God from the throne room, which is very stream of the word of God that comes before the throne. And it's called the golden oil. Throne room revelation. Not Pentecostal revelation, not a half egg of beaten olive oil going into the twenty-two knots of to the knobs of bows to feed the seven lamps in the, the candlestick, the church. It's golden oil, throne room revelation, and that given to us from the Lord himself and a higher level of glory. So we find that Daniel has Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. They're just as with those three, and he confides in them. He doesn't go it alone. Forsaken, not assembling ourselves together as a manner of some is, and so much the more as they see the day approaching. We can see the principles there in the body of Christ coming into together into the unity of the faith in a time of captivity. He that leath in the captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must die by the sword. Here's the patience and the faith of the saints. So we find that Daniel, in this time of trouble, and his life and of his three companions are at stake that he asks time to seek the God of heaven. And he confides in Hanani, Michelle, and Azariah, as he does, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven, which we know, of course, the revealed name of God. Now, Jesus, he is the Christ. Jesus, Jehovah's salvation is the only revealed name of God, the only blood name of God, the only name whereby we may be saved. The name of Jesus. But it was not revealed at that time because God had not taken on a permanent dwelling yet. Therefore, the name Jesus was not revealed yet. Notice that concerning this secret, now it's been secret, a secret from Nebuchadnezzar, though the dream was given him. And Daniel calls it this secret. Notice, he says, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret. Now, that is Daniel 2, verse 19. The secret. We're focusing on the secret. The secret that will be revealed. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Now, Jesus said, Work while well, it's safe for the night cometh which no man can work. It's in the night vision. Weeping endureth for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The morning star. The night, Job says, Cursed be the night and when they said a man child was born. For the man child is born in the night vision. And we're going to see that over and over again. The man child is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The woman, a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and moon and under her feet. Upon her head, a crown of 12 stars, she cried her valiant pain to be delivered and brought forth a man child. That is not Mary. That is not Israel. That's the church. The same we're going to see in Daniel, speaking of not only are we speaking Israel, the natural Israel back then, but the spiritual Israel in the New Testament, running right along with, Revelation 7 in the apocalyptic sealing of the saints of God, not Israel, the saints of God, the ones that are sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body. And the 12,000, each of the 12 tribes, are spiritual numbers. 12 is the perfect government of God. 1,000 is perfected glory. We see that in Song 8, Canticles 8. Solomon hath a vineyard in Baal Haman, possessor of a multitude. Solomon, you must have a thousand perfected glory all the keepers of the vineyard 200 the keepers of the vineyard are the apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers 200 plus 200 plus 200 plus 200 plus 200 equals a thousand any ministry alone is 200 which is the number of insufficiency i suppose philip and Andrew said 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient to feed all of these when jesus said feed the multitude well, 200 is insufficiency. No ministry in itself is full sufficient. We have to have the hand of God, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, working together, the fivefold for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And that's why Jesus gave gifts unto men as our high priest. For that work of the ministry is what he's preparing the body of Christ for now, presently. Well, that's a secret. It's revealed only to the saints of God, seeking God with a pure heart. And the day that you seek for me with all your heart, God says, is the day that you will find me. Now, watch the next verse, because he says this secret in the night vision. Well that's when the man child's birth Christ in you the hope of glory. And we find it in Revelation 12. She brings forth a man child. But the dragon the old serpent the scorpion the devil comes after the woman and uh, the remnant of her seed. Who's the remnant of her seed? Those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the faith of the saints. We find that in uh, uh, not only Revelation 12, but Revelation 14, verse 12. Because they keep the commandments of God, those that are redeemed, those that are the redeemed keep the commandments of God. They love God, keep his commandments, and have the faith of Jesus. Well, the faith of Jesus is the testimony of Jesus. It is the spirit of prophecy, Revelation nineteen ten. Now, that's what God is giving to the church Now in present truth and the proceeding word of God to those that have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. Now, now faith is the substance, not yesterday's faith, not tomorrow's faith. Now, faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. So what is it? It's a revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show it, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Then signified it by his angel unto John. Well, the same thing that Jesus said when he was going to the cross, they had walked with Jesus for three and a half years. And he said to the disciples, I have yet many things to tell you, but you're not able to bear them now. It's progressive truth. You haven't had and not in that light yet, but the Holy Ghost, the spirit there, the Holy Ghost, the comforter. When he comes, he'll speak of me, Jesus said. For all that the Father's given is given unto me, therefore he'll speak of me, glorified of the Father's own self, sat down with the Father in that throne, Revelation 3.21. Therefore, I said he'll speak of me and show you things that will come to pass. Those are the things of faith the secret things of God. And we find that Paul stating that same, that eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man, the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. But it is revealed by the Spirit. What? Yea, by the Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God the secret things belong unto us it's revealed we search out a thing and God reveals it by his spirit it takes a pure heart toward God seeking for him with all our heart heart all of our spirit soul and body all that we have and he says at that time during this night vision Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven for this secret. Notice he says, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. The name revealed of God now, the revealed name is Jesus. He is the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, exalted above all names. Forever and ever for wisdom and might are his, not theirs, not a second person of the Godhead, Yet, for God revealing his name, the name of Jehovah is Jesus. The name of the word is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost, Jesus. The name of the Son of God, Jesus. The name of the Son of Man, Jesus. The name of Elohim, Jesus. The name of God, Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. The blood name of God revealed, manifest in flesh. And he changes. He changes the times and the seasons. We must be in the correct season and the time that we are walking. It's given us to know the times and the seasons. First Thessalonians 5, verse 1. So those that have an ear to hear, the truth of what God is doing now is a total new radical change than Pentecost to those that have an ear. Notice in verse 22, well, that 41, 21 I'm talking Daniel 2, verse 21, and he changes. God changes the times and the seasons. So we must be walking in that light as he's in the light because it's changing. God didn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. However, he changes the seasons and times that we are in, showing us more glory from glory to glory to the same image of Jesus Christ. He removes kings, setteth up kings. He gives wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that hath no understanding. Verse 22, another thing, here's the secret. He revealeth the deep, the deep things of God. He revealeth the deep and secret things. Very important. So, To understand the book of the Revelation, we must understand the apocalyptic books of Daniel, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. We must understand Isaiah because in the revelation of Jesus Christ, it is the epoch. It is all things gathered together in Christ Jesus in one. And that's the reason why in that little book, the revelation of Jesus Christ, if you add anything to that book, the plagues of that book will be added to you. If you take take away from any of the words of the book of this prophecy, then uh, your name will be taken out of the holy city and blotted out of the book of life. We cannot, we cannot change anything or add to or take away from the book of that prophecy, which is Jesus Christ. It is very Uh, critical, that we know and walk in that truth, exactly the truth, hitting the mark, not missing that mark, but hitting the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So God reveals the deep and secret things, but he's given this to King Nebuchadnezzar in a dream, and this is going to reveal the beast in a general sense, and we will go into the intricate details later on, but the general man of sin, it's going to make a man. And that man is going to have a head of gold, a breast of silver and arms of silver. It's going to have uh, the loins of brass. It's going to have legs of iron and feet of iron and uh, of iron and miry clay. It's going to stand on the feet as a man. It is a false man. It is in lieu of the man, Christ Jesus, and it will be set up a great image that will require, that Babylon will require all to worship him to this image that he's going to set up. We'll see that also in Revelation 13. Now, he reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness God does and the light that dwelleth with him. Now, he goes on about this secret. And uh, then Ariok, limelight, takes Daniel in before the king. And then he tells the king what that great secret is, that deep secret, the deep things of God. And he says it right here in verse 28. He said this, verse 27, Daniel answered in the presence of the king Nebuchadnezzar and said the secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise man astrologers magicians soothsayers show unto the king they can't do it it's not of man's wisdom it's not in the intellect but there is a god in heaven that revealeth secrets it reveals his secrets and maketh known To the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what? What shall be in the latter days, the last days? And then he tells him the dream. And he says, Daniel said, it's not for me. This secret is not revealed to Daniel for any wisdom that he has more than any living, but for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king. In other words, uh, what God will do in this secret thing. And, King, that you might know the thoughts of your heart. The thoughts of Nebuchadnezzar's heart? Yes. Notice, he starts with a great image. Verse 31. Thou, O King, Nebuchadnezzar, saw and beheld you behold a great image. There's that image, the image of the beast. The great image whose brightness was excellent stood before you, and the form thereof was terrible. Well, Jesus is the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person. But this is usurping that. It's in lieu of that, of that brightness, of that glory. And he goes on, the image's head was of fine gold, breast and arms of silver, his belly and thighs of brass, his legs of iron, feet, part of iron and part of clay. Now that is going to make a man. That man set up will be a false image of brightness, a terrible image. And we're going to see that in Daniel, the third chapter as we see that he's going to cause all to worship this beast, this image that he sets up. Notice that, and he puts it in the plains of Dura, and Dura is a circle, the circuit, just as Galilee is a circuit. So Nebuchadnezzar is going to set up an image in lieu of the real Christ. And that will happen in the latter days. And he says, now, what would be the final outcome? There will be a stone. A stone cut out of a mountain without hands. A spiritual stone. That stone, of course, is the rock, which is Christ. It's all Christ. The height, depth, length, and width of Christ in his work. A strange work. Bring to pass his act. His strange act. And this... Stone smote the image in the feet so that all fell. All the kingdoms of this world fell and will become the kingdoms kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Now, he says there, go to verse 44, and in the days of these kings, now the head of gold, Babylon, uh, the breast of silver, and arms of silver, media Persian. That's uh, Derisimus, Cyrus the Persian. Then we have the, uh, the brass, uh, the loins and thighs of brass, Alexander the Great, uh, Greece. Then we come to the legs, Rome, Eastern Western Roman Empire. Then feet of iron and mixed with mired clay. And uh, that's what we have in the last days. Nations sitting at one table, but disagreeing one with another. Part strong, part weak. Part strong in the iron, weak in the miry clay. And we see in the days of these kings, in the last days, that the God of heaven set up a kingdom. The kingdom age, not a, a dispensation of grace, a kingdom. A millennial kingdom, where there'll be one king over all the earth, and his name one. All nations will be blessed in the nation Israel. It's called a millennial reign. The church of the living God will be kings and priests and will reign with the Lord. We will walk in the name of the Lord our God. And as we rule over the righteous nations, some over five cities, some over 10, some as priests unto the Lord our God, some of Zadok. We that walk in the name of the Lord our God, Jesus, but the nations of them that are saved, the righteous nations, will walk in the name of their gods, little G O D S, judges, where God will give us a rod of iron as a scepter of righteousness. Uh, there, as a vessel of a potter, shall there be beat to shivers. I'll give us the, the church of the living God, the morning star, a rod of iron to rule the nations, and as a vessel of a potter, so they be beaten to shivers, ruling over the nations, bringing them in uh, their end subjection to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. He's present, reigning in the earth. And we along with the Lord, our God, reigning with them as kings and priests. He's reigning as God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, "He." this is the God of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, sets up his kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, for it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. Everything from Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Media, Persia, Greece, Rome, all of the nations will be beaten to shivers. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And it shall stand forever. Now, this stone, this rock, Christ, that was cut out of a mountain without hands. It break in pieces the iron, the breast, the clay, the silver, the gold. It struck it, the image in the feet, which was a false Christ. This great the great God hath made known to the king, Nebuchadnezzar. What shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof is sure. Notice what Nebuchadnezzar says. Verse 47, the king answered answered unto Daniel and said of a truth. It is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of lords, a Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, because not only does he know the heart, but tries the reins of the heart seeing daniel that you could re you could reveal this secret this secret will be revealed in christ in the last days the secret the secret things now being revealed in the deep and secret things to the body of christ now we go to daniel 3 and we see that in the heart of nebuchadnezzar what his true heart is He's going to set up an image of gold because that's him. He's the head and that is of gold. So he sets up an image in the plains of Dura in the circuit, just like Galilee is a circuit to the nations. He sets it up in Dura, the circuit of Babylon, a false Christ, something in lieu of Christ. Well, it's brilliant to the world. It is brilliance, and it's terrible to the world. That is exactly what will befall the people in the last days. The people of God will be sealed. Not Israel, not natural Israel after the flesh, but the Israel of God, be it natural Israel that's come into and believed uh, therein, being born again, going from uh, babies to little children to young men to fathers, in the full growing up into Jesus and all things, all things of faith will be sealed in Revelation 7. Now we'll get into the intricate details, but this is a generality, a basic synopsis of the image. And we'll see that what the church does here in Babylon, in natural Babylon, they're going to use six instruments that appeal to man, six, the number of men. And it's going to be listed in verse five, 10 and 15 of chapter three. The same that is done throughout the church world today that won't people that should join for their amusement to be entertained, but not pierced in their heart to bring forth unto perfection and to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God. So what does he do? He builds a, It sets up an image in Dura, the circuit, the circuit of Babylon. It's 60 cubits high. 60 is the number of rebellion. It withstands truth. 60 is the number of that rebellion. And it's 60 cubits high, six cubits wide. Well, 66. Where do we see that? Well, We see the fullness of it in Revelation 13 in the mark of the beast. It's the number of a man. What's the number of this man? Well, there's 66. There's a Z stigma. Somebody said, What was that? Z stigma. Z is the Greek letter for 60. Stigma is the number for six, the number of man. And it's Z stigma. Z is 600. Uh, chi Z stigma. Chi is 600, re- re- revealing Christ. Z, X I, the letter, is 60. It means rebellion, stands against, and is in opposition to Key, which is Christ. Chi Z stigma. Chi is Christ. Christ manifests in the flesh. Christ is come in the flesh. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is key stigma. Key Christ stigma come in the flesh. That's 606. But the mark of the beast, as uh, is here indicative, that Nebuchadnezzar builds in the plains of Dura, the circuit of Babylon, not Galilee of the nations, but the circuit of Babylon, Dura, He sets up an image 60 cubits high. There is the ZXI, and it's written in Greek as a snake, literally poised to strike. Standing in opposition is not against. It's against the truth. And it is 60 cubits high. That means against and six stigma. Man, it's against man. But we find it in the fullness of it in the number of this man. The number of that head of gold, that breast of silver and arms of silver, thighs of brass, uh, legs of iron, feet of iron and my clay. It stands a the man. There's an the image to it. He makes an image to it. But he makes his image of gold lifting up himself. 60 cubits high, 60 cubits wide. In the plains of Dura, in the circuit, in lieu of the real Christ, lifting up himself just as the Antichrist, the son of perdition, will do in the last days, who opposeth all that is God, or that is worship, so that he has God, set up in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Well, that's exactly what the king Nebuchadnezzar is doing here. But the point we want to make there in this secret, that's now being revealed, and a very basic synopsis, as we get into the intricate details later in the following podcast, We'll see that in this plain of Dura, he sets up this image and he states that Nebuchadnezzar, he has to gather together, notice this, eight different denominations that he brings together. That is the princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, counselors, sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces. It's a number of new beginnings. He's setting up a new beginning, H the number of new beginnings, and he's trying to set up a new thing for him and set up his glory in this image, a golden image. Being a Z stigma in Greek, or 66 there in the plains of Dura, 60 cubits high, 6 cubits wide. The only thing lacking like is that 600, which is Christ. He. C-H-I, key, Christ. Z, 60. He's got the 60. In opposed, opposition to. Stigma. What is the number of the man? It's a number of the beast. Let him that hath wisdom count the number of the beast. It's a number of a man. Where's the man? We just read about it. And there's the image to it. What's his number? Well, it is a 60 cubits high, six cubits wide. It's against man. But now in the book of the Revelation, we have that mystery revealed. He, Christ, 600. Z, 60, snake, opposing truth. Stigma, six, man. What is truth? Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. What is that? That's a key stigma. Christ is come in the flesh. Jesus Christ, God Almighty, Father of glory, the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, is come in the flesh. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. It's present in perfect tense, means he's still doing it. 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4. Well, what is the mark of this image? It's the number of a man. What is that number? What's the number of that beast? That beast set up in the plains of Durham. What is that image to it? What is that number? Well, he z Sigma. He, Christ, Z, stigma. Jesus Christ is not coming to flesh. He is not the father of glory that's coming to flesh. Somebody said, I didn't know that Christ was the father. Well, read Ephesians 4. There is one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all. The Father of us all and in us all. Who's in you? The Father's in you. Who's the Father? Christ. That man who you crucified, Acts 236. That man, Christ Jesus. God hath made him both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Acts 236. Who is Jesus? He is the blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, the almighty. 1 Timothy six fifteen and 16, who only hath immortality. Jesus only, it's a Jesus only doctrine. We've missed that mark and because we have, God is now dealing with us in his mercy to bring us to the real Jesus. Come and let us return to the Lord, the real Lord, the real Jesus. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He's using judgments to get us to call upon him to see the truth in a pure heart. He hath torn, he will heal us. He has smitten, he will bind us up. If after the second day, we've been two days, 2000 years since the cross. And uh, after the second day, he will revive us. We're talking revivals, been many revivals, but now we're talking about a new thing, totally new radical change in the consummation of all things. The latter days the final days, oh, that they were wise, They would that they would consider or know their latter end, this latter days that was given to King Nebuchadnezzar of what would befall the people in the latter days. And that is the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's not trying to destroy us. He's trying to get us to come to him, acknowledge him for who he is. And we will know that when we seek for him with all of our heart, not listening to bishops, apostles, prophets, or whatever, and it's wonderful for them, but to seek God on our own to find out the will of God for our life, individually, as members in particular. Then we will do the will of God, and only then. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, ye you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. Why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. That's the only way to know it. Working out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure. And if we don't do the will of God, then he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Or you did not do the will of God. You didn't do the will that you had pleasure in iniquity. You workers of iniquity, lawlessness, you didn't follow the leading of the Holy Ghost in doing the will of God. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So the king is trying to set up a new thing where all will worship his image to give him glory. That's his heart. But in the last days, mystery Babylon, the great and mother of heart of the earth, will say, I say, she will say, I said a queen. I'm married to Jesus, the king. I am a queen. I am no widow. I'm married to him. And I will see no sorrow. I will have no tribulation, no birth pangs. Somebody said, well, I thought we were going to get pre-tribulation raptured out of here. And we wouldn't have any birth pangs. That's for national Israel left behind. Wrong. Amos 9, verse 9, there is a sifting going on among the nations. God uses the nations as a sifter. And not the least grain will fall to the ground. The people of God are known to him. But he says, watch Amos 9, verse 10, I will destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say, no evil shall prevent no overtake us that evil is tribulation trouble tribulation when you say no tribulation is going to come upon you god said i'll destroy you amos 9 10 we must know that we're going through and coming out purified uh, made white through the great tribulation many of understanding shall fall to try to purge and to make them white and uh, we see that in revelation 7 just because we're sealed. with that seal of promise, with the Holy Spirit of promise until we receive the promised possession, that after we've received the word of God in preceding word and present truth, we're sealed with that. But that does not mean that we will not die, many of us, it says, will be delivered up to be afflicted, and they shall kill you. Jesus said the same there uh, to the oath to the churches, uh, the, to the, uh, the voice of the son of God In revelation two and revelation three it says, Saints, going to throw you into prison. You're going to have tribulation for 10 days. Be you faithful unto death. I'll give you a crown of life. Revelation six says, under the fifth seal. I saw the souls of them slain for the word of God and the testimony, which they held well, then uh, they cried unto the Lord, O Lord, holy and true. How long will it be before you avenge our blood upon them that dwell upon the earth? How long is it going to be before you avenge us? White robes of righteousness were given to each one of them. They were made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb through the great tribulation. And uh, it said, the Lord said unto them, until your fellow servants and your brethren that should be killed as you were should be fulfilled and on and on the faith and the patience of the saints said, uh, there, uh, they, they'll devil, the serpent, the scorpion prevailed against the saints for, and prevailed against the truth for for time, times a half, dividing three and a half years, three years and dividing of a time, three and a half years, 42 months, a thousand, two hundred three, three score days. It did not literally destroy the truth, but it cast it to the ground. And it says, uh, Here's the faith and patience of the saints. You have to understand, he that lived into captivity will go into captivity. He that killed you with the sword must die by the sword. God will render double unto them the blood of saints and of the prophets found in Babylon. Right, blessed are they that die in the Lord. Yea, saith the Spirit. From henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, the Spirit of God that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. God's looking for perfect works. Well, there's this Babylon. Well, what is in the church? What is in this? Mr. Babylon, the great, she says, I said, a queen, I am no widow. I'll see no sorrow. Nothing's going to happen to me. There's not going to be any time of trouble. not going to be any persecution. And we find here in Daniel three, he tells us what this is. He said that all the, the princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, counselors, sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together until the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar to set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald was cried To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, everybody. That at what time, and here we go, verse 5, verse 10, and verse 15, and this is what is in most churches today. A very uh, soothing, uh, nasal tone, literally uh, itching ears, telling the people what they want to hear, prosperity gospel that compromises the word of God for money, <laughs> for money. They won't you know, make it merchandise of you with great swelling words of man's wisdom. And when Paul said this gospel doesn't stand in, in enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration power of the Holy Ghost, and that is crucifying the flesh with affections and the lusts, that we might be partakers of Jesus' sufferings. That the life of the Lord Jesus be made manifest in our mortal bodies. That's missing in most. So what did they use instead? Well, we have to have the trumpet. How long will you make me hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war? The trumpet is a clarion, a Holy Ghost, the voice of God that pierces the very spirit of man, the heart of man, and brings conviction. It leads and guides. It's profitable for reproof, rebuke, and for correction. But we don't have that in most churches. What do we have? Well, instead of the trumpet, we can't find a trumpet anywhere. That's that piercing truth of the word of God, the voice of the Lord Jesus, an oracle of God. It's a trumpet voice. And that's what John declares in Revelation 4, verse 1. A door opened in heaven, and the voice of a trumpet talking with him. The very truth of the word, piercing his spirit, saying, come up hither, not a rapture, and I will show you things, faith, that will come to pass hereafter. Not a rapture. Well, verse 5, 10, and 15 of Daniel 3, we're going to see what the church uses. It starts, not with a trumpet, but a cornet. Well, somebody said, well, a cornet's close. Yeah, it's close, but it won't give you that clear, clear, piercing, clarion, distinct sound of the Holy Ghost, the voice of Jesus. The time is coming, and now is, when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. My sheep know my voice, a stranger they will not follow. But what do they use here? Babylon uses a cornet flute. Harp, sackbut, sultry, dulcimer. Notice the tone goes from a clear tone to a nasal tone, to a dulcimer where you can even charm the snakes in the congregation, and it will bring no convicting power whatsoever. And can sit there light along the chaff with the wheat and all praise God what they think is the Lord, but no truth because the trumpet is that alarm of war. It's the sword of the spirit, which puts a man at variance. The father against the son, the mother against the daughter, the mother-in-law against the daughter law for the word's sake, standing for truth. And when you stand for truth, the world's going to hate you. But you either stand for that truth and please God, or you stand with the world and not please him, and we ought to serve God rather than man. Well, we see here that at what time you hear the sound of their music of Babylon, cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer. Well, cornet, you won't get that high note of that trumpet. It won't get that clear in voice of Jesus. That clear, piercing trumpet it pierces the heart with conviction. It won't bring any fruits unto perfection. So what do they use instead? Well, they use it as a cornet, a flute, a harp, gets soft, compromising tones, a sackbut, a psaltery, then a dulcimer. It's so a dulcimer. It is so nasal. No piercing whatsoever that any person can hear it. Be it, it moves, it does not move the the one seeking God because there's nothing there. It it doesn't move them at all because only the the voice of God moves them, the the spirit, the Holy Ghost. That's the only thing they're moved by. My sheep know that voice, Jesus said. But these, they love that cornet flute harp. They love the soft. Compromising, rudy, tooty fresh and prudy sound. They don't want that clear clarion trumpet war call of God. Prepare yourself for the battle. Prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Church of Living God. We're going to have to stand in the evil day. Then it goes to a sackbolt saltery and then a dulcimer, which is what we use to charm the king cobras, even all snakes because they can sit right along there and never be convicted, and they'll still do it, give their money thinking they're saved, and, uh, and literally a mistaken identity, think they're right with God when they've never heard the clarion trumpet call. There is no trumpet there. So you see that again. He mentions that three times in verse 5, 10, and 15. And when they would not, when the three Hebrew children, Ananias, Michelle, and Azariah, would not bow down to that sound of the Babylonian voice, the compromise voice, the rooty-tooty little, little soft voice, and they only wanted to bow to the trumpet, they would not bow to any other music, then they are thrown into the burning, fiery furnace, according to the king's demand. Notice that God will take those that come against the saints in those days and will literally burn them up. So what are we saying? Let's hear the voice of the Lord, the trumpet sound of God. Let's enter into the secret things, the different secret things of God. Not just getting your toe wet a little bit in repentance, but going on. Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, born of the water receiving the Holy Ghost, gift of the, the, they're born of the spirit. Then go on to young men doing the will of God, finding out what it is and doing it. Then go to fathers to where you know him that's from the beginning and the work of the ministry and being sealed in Revelation seven apocalyptic sealing. Without that trumpet, it's impossible to reach it. And we have to seek God with all of our heart. The cornet, flute, harp, the sacrament, the psaltery, the dulcimer just won't get it. You have to love that voice of God for profitable, for reproof, reproof, rebuke, for correction, to perfect you into the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. We're called uh, to be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus said so. It's not a suggestion. It's, it is a commandment. And we can only do that through obedience to the truth. Now, all things, all truth is coming upon us in just a generation. And what will we do with it? Will we obey or will we draw back? And to those that draw back, God will have no pleasure in it. If this is more witness with your spirit, the Holy Ghost bears witness with your spirit, give us a call. We'd love to meet you. Give me a call. Country code 1 plus. Area code 903-746-4885. Like to meet you, shake your hand, become one with you in the spirit, joining together in the body of Christ, joint, whichever joint supplies, identifying itself self and love. You can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can drop us a message over the websites, sealinggodspeople.org, godspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Thank you for your prayerful support and your generous donations whereby we can keep these podcasts coming to you over there. Until the next time, this is Brother in the Spirit saying, Behold the Real Jesus.